0: Part of me hopes, really hopes, that Gary Bettman was sitting on the Bettman family couch in the Bettman house watching that game that was played here in Pittsburgh last night. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins, although it's going to be a lot about the stars. It comes your way every weekday morning if you're into football and or baseball, I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Pirates that I hope you'll check out in the same place that you found this. Stars 2, Penguins 1 via shootout. The overtime and the shootout were as close as this game came to resembling actual hockey. You know and I know that wasn't because of the home team. Before I go any further, I feel compelled to offer this disclaimer. I'd be leading this show with this same subject had the Penguins prevailed by a half dozen goals. You're going to have to trust me on that. There are few things in hockey that strike a nerve with me. Like teams playing the way Rick Bonus had the Stars playing last night. It turns my stomach. As someone who loves this game, as someone who's participated in it in every conceivable way at remarkably low levels, as someone who's covered it for half my life, it turns my stomach to see a team sit in its defensive zone pack it in and wiggle sticks that's not hockey that's not hockey i don't know who within the dallas organization conceived the concept that this group that they have the stars with the talent that they still have and they've got a truckload should be sitting in their zone, packed in, like a panicked Team Slovenia in Sochi, waiting for something to happen that the other team initiates. That's not hockey. There's nothing about that that's hockey. If you look at the way the Penguins scored their lone goal, You actually, and ironically, have the best example of how horrible this system is that Dallas is deploying right now. The Penguins circled the zone, the attacking zone, multiple times, and they weren't even really trying very hard to do so. In fact, I thought Teddy Bluger had a couple of pretty clumsy touches on the puck, and I was sure... That he'd forfeit possession. One problem: no one came to him. No one came to him in a green sweater. They wouldn't, they wouldn't move. They were just standing there and waiting for him to do something. Eventually, a couple of the guys got shots off, rebound came out. John Marino wisely jumped into the play, pounced on it. Ripped it upstairs over Braden Holtby. Game was tied 1-1. And even then, you kind of knew that'd be it. Which it was, of course, until the shootout. Awful, awful, awful to watch. And it's the kind of thing that if it becomes more commonplace, it's going to really set this sport back the way the Devils did in the mid-90s. It took a lockout and a complete restructuring of the labor agreement, salary cap, and the league trying to apologize to its fans for being gone for a year and a half by making sure that the game was exciting again to wipe away the New Jersey effect that happened at that time. I'm not suggesting that there's some fresh wave of this kind of crap hockey at hand. But when it's a team like this, and it's a coach like this, in Bonus, who's never done this before, he's never had his teams play this way, then something's really off. Something's really off because that means... And talking to some people in the press box last night while we well, were watching this garbage. There seemed to be a consensus that since this just went into place now for the Stars, meaning going into this season, something happened. Something happened from above, whether it's analytics, whether it's uh, just, uh, you know, I'll use the term again that I used for Team Slovenia, uh, some panicked response to the fact that the Stars didn't make the playoffs last year after reaching the Stanley Cup final the year before in the Edmonton bubble. And doing everything right, the Stars were beautiful to watch. So much talent, so much aggressiveness, and they were winning some of their games 5-4, 6-5, whatever, but they got to the Stanley Cup final. They're not hit hard by injuries right now, the way the Penguins are. There's no reason for this. There's no reason whatsoever. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguin Slash Stars is brought to you by the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need. They, in turn, need your help. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org to find out how $1 from you is all it takes for them to make five full meals. PittsburghFoodBank.org I know, I know. You don't care about the Stars. Actually, most people in Dallas don't care about the Stars still. They they have a little bit of a niche down there. But on the night that the Penguins lost their sellout streak, after 14 years, I'm reminded that it wasn't just championships that allowed that kind of streak to occur and that will allow the next streak here in Pittsburgh to occur. It's that there's always been an emphasis on aggressive, offensive, in-your-face hockey. I've been talking a lot about the penguin system through these first four games. I've given it a lot of credit. But the best thing, the most positive thing that I've said about this system to date is that the players themselves have embraced it. The players themselves really like it. They feel like it fits their nature. And when you watch a team like the Stars come in with... Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn and Alexander Radulov with that sweet, sweet shootout winner. I know that didn't make anybody happy here. It doesn't make the goal any less pretty. Joe Pavelski and all those mobile defensemen that they have. Miro Heiskanen was putting on a clinic out there when he had the puck. You could do something with that team in that market. Yeah, it's unfortunate that they made the final in a pandemic year when nobody could see them and it was in another country the entire tournament. That That's one of the many sad things that happened to hockey along the way over these past couple of years. Whatever. Stick with it. Don't do this. Don't do this. And you know what? If they do this, and other teams do this, it's going to be high time that it's legislated out. I don't have an answer for that, but if you're sticking five guys, five skaters between your own hash marks in front of your goaltender, hey, they have three-second violations in the NBA. Blow the whistle. Call an illegal defense. You know, find a way to get this garbage out of the game. When we come back, we're going to take a question. And it's going to be about actual penguins. And I apologize for this rant. But this is, this one. Ah! Welcome back. It's time for Just One Question. And that's brought to you always on this program by... FuboTV, the monthly cost of cable is over 200 Fubo FuboTV is just 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels, including AT&T, Sportsnet, Pittsburgh. And right now, FuboTV is offering our listeners of this show a 7-day free trial and 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com slash DK. One more time, it's FuboTV.com slash DK. Our J1Q is a winner. Corey asks simply, is is Jari good again? (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, if you want to get technical about it, you've got a 935 save percentage and a 1.65 goals against through your three starts. And two of those starts came against the Lightning and this group of stars who in spite of their coach or whoever it was that ordered this system to be installed, still have a lot of offensive talent. And they had an awful lot of high-impact chances late in the game, especially in overtime when I guess it was okay for the Stars to start playing hockey again since they'd already procured their precious non-conference point. I will shut up about the Stars, I swear. Jari was really, really good, okay? I'm not taking credit away at all. I thought he was sharp. Uh, I didn't like Dallas' only regulation goal, the one-timer by Michael Raffle, but only because of the way Jari seemed to topple after it went by. And I know that sounds unfair, but that has something to do with Mechanics, What you really wanted to see, that it was a plain and simple double pad slide there, and it, and it didn't happen. Raffle can let the puck go, though, and he did. He's he's been good at well, pretty much just that since the Flyers brought him over from Austria. There's not much more to his game, but he can do that. But once you got into the later sequences and the 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 one timers, the two on ones one-shot Heiskanen took through a Pavelski screen in front. Jari worked his rear end off to make sure that he could see it, and he gobbled it up and made it look easy, and I'm sure it looked that way to most of the people in the crowd, but those are good, good saves. Here's what Mike Sullivan had to say afterward about Jari's showing, and, and I'd pay attention to some of the wording here I thought he had a strong game you know they, they had a they had a number of pretty good scoring chances they had a few in the third period they had a couple of in, in overtime and I thought he made some big saves you know I, I think he's uh you know I, I watch his body language a lot you know and you can you can learn a lot from a player's body language and when you're around him as much as I am you, you really understand their body language and 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 I think his body language right now exudes confidence that you know he's seeing the puck. He's tracking the puck. His goalie handles when he goes out for pucks that are improving every every game that he plays. So that that's that's certainly a positive sign. I thought he made some timely saves for us. Exudes confidence is not a phrase I'd heard associated with this goaltender previously, and I think exudes confidence for anybody who's hung up on a shootout performance, which you almost never should be because they just don't matter at all. Think about how much confidence Jari exuded in being way over aggressive, by his own admission, incidentally, after the game, in going out after Pavelski and Radulov the way he did. He thought, especially with Pavelski, he came way out. And he handed those guys the shooting room that they wanted. They still finished really well but he, he gave up the shooting room. That's because he's now in the mindset where he's he's got his heel outside the blue paint as opposed to looking down and seeing his toes in the blue paint, which is where he is whenever he's not going well. He's moving his head and neck a lot to make sure that he's maintaining vision of the puck at all times. It's keeping him sharper. These are active elements to his game that I haven't always seen. I've seen it occasionally. It's not like it's completely new. But I haven't always seen in his game. And that's been encouraging. It really has. So is Jari good? I'll I'll leave... That answer to the one that Sullivan gave you, because I liked it a lot. He got into some specifics, and and Sullivan and Andy Kyoto and everybody who's dealing with Jari on a day to day basis are infinitely better equipped than I am to answer. But from my own perspective, I like what I'm seeing, and at the same time, I reserve the right to drop it all like a hot potato the morning of Game One of the playoffs. I'm sorry if that sounds stubborn, but that's just the stance I'm going to take until. Well, until I see a whole heck of a lot more than what we've seen so far. I appreciate the question, Corey. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguin Slash Stars. And let's do another one tomorrow that won't have anything at all to do with Dallas.